<clears throat> book of St. Luke, the book of St. Luke, the second chapter. St. Luke, the second chapter. St. Luke, the second chapter. And um, we're only going to deal with one verse tonight. There's enough in that verse um, <clears throat> to cover everything. St. Luke, the second chapter. And um, verse number 11, we're going to, from that verse, we're going to talk about the threefold identity of Bethlehem's babe. Um, you know, I told you at the beginning of this month that we were going to be speaking on um, uh, Christmas scriptures. Uh, Christmas is next week. Amen. Next week is Christmas. How time, how time flies. And so we want to talk about the threefold identity of Bethlehem's babe. Right there in St. Luke, the second chapter, verse number 11. Look what it says. It says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior, which is Christ the Lord. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior, which is Christ the Lord. All right. So we're going to, from there, we're going to talk about uh, the threefold identity the threefold identity of Bethlehem's uh, babe. All right. So you get your, get your, get your pens and your pencils and keep your Bibles ready to flip. All right. Let me start off by saying that the, that the majesty and the glory of the Christmas story, um, perhaps there's no other story in the Bible that speaks with such clarity, all right, about the power and the purpose of God. And just the fact that God stepped out of eternity into time is almost mind boggling. That's what we had discussed on, on last Tuesday. And I'm quite sure that all of us have read of the shepherds, lowly and undeserving, yet they was called the same. Uh, we read about the angels, <laughs> how we were amazed that the creator was born in the image of the creature. Uh, how about the wise men? Okay. Uh, how they rejoice uh, as they traveled so far and came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, we're reminded of the manger. Okay. We're reminded that Jesus laid aside certain attributes of his deity that he might become a man and die for sinners. So we read all these things. We know just about all of us know uh, all of these, uh, all of these things. All right. And, um, but then uh, I, I, I'm called back to the words of our text. I'm called back to the words of the angel who visited the shepherds on that Judeo hillside that night. And in the, in the angel's words, we find the true, the true glory of Christmas, the true glory of Christmas. I heard somebody say that I was talking to somebody. In fact, I think it was yesterday and they had been going through some things and, 
and uh, they had experienced a loss and whatnot. And so I was talking to them on yesterday and they just so happened to say to me, they say, you know, it just doesn't feel like Christmas. They said, it don't feel like Christmas. And I said, well, what does what does Christmas feel like? And uh, their their mindset was, well, you know, I don't I'm not going to put up a tree. I'm not going to put up no lights. I'm not going to do this, that and the other. And I had to let them know, well, you know, Christmas tree is not Christmas. Uh, The lights are not Christmas. Now, nothing wrong with having a tree, nothing wrong with having uh, light. In fact, uh, our grandkids put so many lights on the steps until we don't even have room to hold on coming down the steps. So I got to take one, literally take one step at a time. Amen. So it's nothing wrong with decorating, nothing wrong with having that. But a child of God, Luke, the second chapter, verse number 11, uh, this 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 verse really gives us the glory of Christmas. All right. It gives us the glory of Christmas because no matter what else we may make of it, Christmas will always be about the baby born in Bethlehem. That's what Christmas is all about. And so tonight I want to look at the threefold identity of Bethlehem's babe. All right. Now, the first thing we want to notice is right there in St. Luke, the second chapter, verse number 11. For those who are just now signing on, uh, here's what we're going to discover tonight uh, in this one verse. All right. Uh, We're going to deal with number one, the Savior We're going to deal with Christ and we're going to deal with Lord. Notice what he said while you write that down. Notice what he says. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. So when you look at that, when you look at Savior, that's the title of of acceptance, When you look at Christ, that's the title of access. And then when you look at Lord, that's the title of authority. All right. The title of acceptance, the title of access, and then the title of of authority. So when you look at Savior, the, the title of acceptance Uh, This child's mission was not to save the wealthy or the righteous. You have to understand that he came to set the sinner free. That's why he came. That was his ultimate purpose. Now, all the miracles he performed, the blinded eyes that he opened and the deaf ears that he unstopped, the lame that he's told to pick up his bed and walk. Raising Lazarus from the dead. All of that is fine. That's well and good. All right. But his primary purpose for coming was to set the sinner free. When you look at Luke 19 and 10, Luke 19 and 10, it says, for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which is loss. All right. That's 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 his primary purpose for coming. And then and then he came for those 
that no one else wanted. He came for those that no one else uh, wanted. Somebody unmute and read Mark, the second chapter, verse uh, uh, 17. Don't raise your hand. Don't do all that. Just read. If you got it, read it. Anybody have it? Yes. It says, um, when Jesus heard it, he said unto them, they that are whole have no need of a physician, a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now you see that? So Jesus has just made it very plain to them. Basically, what he was saying was, if you're sick, you don't need no doctor. I don't know nobody that just decide, I'm going to just get up in the morning and go to the doctor. You're feeling real good. And you just decide that you're just going to get up and go to the doctor. No, you're not going to do that. Jesus was saying, they that are whole have no need of a physician. Okay. He said, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous. But I've come to call sinners to repentance. In other words, uh, when you deal with the, the, when, when you deal with the title of of acceptance, that means those that were the castaways, those that people felt wasn't worthy, those that were not good enough. Jesus says, "Those are the people that I've come from, come for." Right? Even as you look today, when we look at the homeless population, when we look at you know the the downtrodden. Those are the people <laughs> that Jesus came for. Okay. We all was once sinners. We all were once sinners. So he came for us. We have accepted him as our personal savior. So what's that? It becomes our responsibility then to fulfill the great commission because those are the ones that he came for. Okay. It's very interesting because uh, I thought about it, and the Savior was coming to call sinners to repentance. Therefore, we have to draw the conclusion that the first announcement of his coming was given to sinners. I'm going to say it again. The first announcement of his coming was given to sinners. All right. For unto us this day in the city of David, a child is going to be born. All right. That 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 was an announcement. OK. And so and so and so uh, as we go further in here, you'll see it. Let's go a little further in this. All right. As savior. Jesus provided three essential services to the sinner. OK. Three essential services to the sinner. Number one, that we watch, now watch this. How many of you all know we all are sinners saved by grace? And somebody said, Pastor, don't say that. I'm not no sinner. Don't say that. I once was a sinner. Okay. We all have been sinners, but thank God for his grace. He saved us. So we are accepted in him. Okay. These are the three essential services. We are, we are accepted. We are delivered and we are preserved in him. I don't want you to miss that. We're accepted. We're delivered 
and we are preserved in him. Uh, uh, write down Ephesians, the first chapter, verses six and seven. All right. It deals with our acceptance. It says to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he have made us accepted in the beloved. And then verse seven says in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. And so he has accepted us. And so many people feel ostracized from society and cast down. We have the good news. (laughs) All they got to do is come to Jesus. Jesus, is that's what Christmas is all about, okay? Is is he hath accepted us, all right? And then, 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 then it, uh, it says we are delivered in him. What are we delivered from? We are delivered from sin's penalty, power, and presence. I'm going to say it again. We are delivered from sin's penalty. Because how many of y'all know the wedges of sin is death? But he took on death. And he paid the price for us. And so we are delivered from the sins penalty, power, and presence. All right. Write down Revelations, the first chapter. This is Bible study. Let me put some Bible behind what I'm saying. Revelations chapter one, verses five and six says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us. And here's a part I would like. And washed us from our sins in his own blood. And then verse number six and said, and have made us. I hope y'all, I hope y'all got it so you could circle it and highlight so that you could know your identity, so that you can know who you really are, okay, because of Christmas. He says, and have made us kings and priests unto God and his father, to him be glory and dominion forever and forever. And so we are somebody. You ought to declare that. Say, you ought to declare that. I am somebody. If you, if, if you are experiencing low self-esteem. You ain't got no business experiencing that. Not if you know Jesus, okay? Because he has made us kings, priests, princes. (laughs) Come on. We are somebody. We're from a royal family, from a royal priesthood. Oh, I wish that saint would really understand really who we are, okay? Who we are because of Jesus, all right? Write down 1 Peter. First Peter chapter one, all right, verses 18 and, and, and 19. Write it down, okay? He says, for as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, all right? Now, you all, you, you all know what that word redeem means. Redeem, uh, uh, my, uh, my, my mother used to say, uh, my father used to say we were in the hop shop. We was in the pawn shop. Anybody ever been to a pawn shop before? You know how the pawn shop operates. 
You go in there, you take something that's of value, they give you money for it, okay? And you go out and you spend that money, but you're supposed to pay that pawn shop back because if you don't pay that pawn shop back, guess what? You're going to lose the merchandise that you took them, and then they're going to sell it and get their money back. Well, when it says that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, it says as silver and gold, all right? From your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. But then he says in verse 19, how we were redeemed, how he bought us back from the hand of the enemy. He says, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And so therefore, when he died on the cross, huh, he paid the price for us, for our past sins, for our present sins, and for our future sin. Somebody ought to just say, thank God for the blood of Jesus. Come on. You ought to say, thank God for the blood of Jesus. Amen. Never, never, never lose sight. Never lose sight on, on what Christmas is really all about and, and about a, a child being born to die for the remissions of uh, our sins. Uh, I don't even have to say what can wash away my sin. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You know, if Ella Mason was here, he would definitely throw that in. What can make me whole within? Nothing but the blood. Let's not forget about the blood. Okay? The blood of Jesus. There's power in the blood. There's healing in the blood. In the blood of Jesus. And the blood will never lose its power. And so, and so he came. We are accepted in him. We are delivered in him. And then I like this, that we are preserved in him. Oh, that's an, oh God, we are preserved in him. All right. Now I know it's a lot of, you know, this is a contradictory subject matter and it's not my intentions to debate anything. I just got to stand on the word of God. And as and, and, and long as I stay with the word of God, I can't go wrong. Okay. Because uh, look at John, the sixth chapter. When you look at John, the sixth chapter and verse number 30, 37. All right. Uh, 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 it just simply says, all that the father giveth me shall come to me and him that cometh to me. What? I will in no wise cast out. That's the first thing. So in other words, basically what he's saying here is anybody can come to him. Oh, everyone that thirsts, come to the water. Come without money, come without price. Whosoever will, what? Let them, let them come. Okay. So every, the invitation is extended to everybody. But now write down 1 Peter 1 and 5, okay? Because here's, here's, here's what it says. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. How many of y'all know that when you are saved, how many of y'all know God is the keeper? God is not what the old folk used to say, God will keep you. If you want to be kept, <laughs> I can hear the old folks say, you're not, not child, you're not, honey, God to keep you if you want to be kept. Now you have to want to be kept in order for God to keep you. 
Okay? You have to have that desire to be kept. We all miss the mark. We all fall short of the glory of God. Every last one of us do. I'm not making no excuse for us. It's just reality. But how many of you all know that he said, if you come to him, you'll know why be cast out. So when you fall short of the glory of God, call on call on Jesus. <laughs> he said, I'll accept you. I will no wise cast you out. Okay, very familiar scripture. Write down John 3 and 17. Write down St. John 3, 17. I know we know what 16 says, but then that's then we stop at 16. But then he says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't come to condemn us. Okay, he 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 already watch this. He already knew that we was messed up. He gave them the law. He already knew they couldn't keep the law. <laughs> okay, Paul turned around and said that the law was weak. So 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 when he came, he didn't come into the world to condemn us, but that the world through him might be saved. So watch it. He don't come to bring condemnation on us. Oh, oh I hear Paul. There is now. No condemnation. Huh? I, I think that's what Romans, the 12th chapter. You might want to write that down. If, if you write that down. Because sometimes the devil will make you feel condemned. The devil will make you feel like you're not saved. Don't let the devil ever make you feel like you're not saved. All right? No, it ain't that. Come on. Somebody tell me where that's found. Real quick. That's First Corinthians somewhere. Somewhere right in there. It's in the Bible. I mean, y'all know it's in the Bible. <laughs> he said, there's now no condemnation. Okay? None whatsoever. We're not condemned. He did not come into this world to condemn us, but he came that we might be saved. And when he, when he saved us, he said, no man shall pluck you out of my hand. He said, you, you, you can't be plucked out of his hand. All right? Because he, all right, when you look at the life of David, watch this. And, and I always tell people, don't just be saved because you want to go to heaven. Don't just be saved because you don't want to go to hell. There's a relationship that comes along with being saved. And having the right relationship with God, okay, while we're down here on this earth, David got all wrapped up with Bathsheba and y'all know the story and all the sin and everything that he had committed. And then when you get to Psalms 51, where he says, Lord, have mercy on me according to thy loving kindness and thy tender mercies. And then he says, wash me, cleanse me. And then he says, blot out all my transgressions, purge me with yourself. Okay. Then he goes on to say, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And I want y'all to really get this, okay? Because he didn't say, Lord, save me again. Not one time did he say, Lord, save me again. He said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. So you know what that means? That means there's a joy that comes along with being saved. There's a certain peace that comes along with being saved. And so I always tell people, if you save and you know you save, take advantage of the joy and the peace that comes along 
with being saved. Don't settle for one without the other. All right. And so if you're saved and you know that you're saved, your sins have been washed. You've been born again. Okay. Stop, 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 stop worrying about the devil trying to take yourself. The devil can't take your salvation from you. I don't care what nobody say. The devil can't take your salvation from you. Okay. You, 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 but you must build your relationship with God. And the more you build your relationship with him, the stronger you become. And then the stronger we become, the more we can just tell the devil, devil, get out of here and go sit down somewhere. Come on, go sit down somewhere. Okay. It's a trick of the enemy. All right. Romans eight and one. That's where it is. There's, I knew it was in the Bible. I told you guys it was in the Bible. And I tell you all it's in the Bible. It's Romans eight and one. There is therefore no now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. When we are saved, uh-oh, he didn't save our flesh. That's why this flesh always try to get away from us. He didn't save our flesh. And that's why we don't walk after the flesh, but we walk after the spirit. All right. And so he ex- we are accepted in him. We are delivered in him and we are preserved in him. That is our acceptance. He accepted me. Hallelujah. And I'm glad about it with all of our frailties, with everything that's wrong with us. All right. The good news is he accepts us. When other people don't want to have nothing else to do with us, the good news is he accepted us. All right. Not only then, not only then, uh, not only then. So let's look at Christ. Okay. Let's look at Christ now because he said unto us, go back to your, go back to the original uh, Luke 2 and 11. All right. All right. Go back there because when you look at the word savior, he came to save us. All right. That's the title of acceptance. But then, but then Luke mentions, Luke mentions then Christ. Okay. He mentions Christ. And that is the title of access. The title of access. Because it says this child came to do more than provide simple salvation. He came to allow us access into the very presence of Almighty God. So he did. He came more than just to save you so that you could say that you're going to heaven. Okay, he came to allow us to help us to gain access into the very presence of the almighty God. And so through Jesus, we can approach the father. Somebody unmute and read Hebrews 4.16. Y'all remember growing up, we used to play king and queen of the chair with the Bibles? Draw your swords. Anybody remember that? Draw your swords. Okay, draw your swords. 
Somebody give me Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verse number 16. Just unmute and start reading nice and loud. Come on. Y'all Bible must have got super glue in them. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us therefore come out boldly to the throne of grace. You got to come boldly to the throne of grace. Okay. What else did it say, Brother Michael? I want to make sure he's still on. (laughs) That we may (laughs) obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That we may find mercy, obtain mercy, find mercy in the time of need. So, So he gives us access. Come on, come boldly to the throne of grace. Okay? We can approach the Father. Now, now watch this. In our approaching the Father, you do understand that we approach the Father through Jesus Christ. Okay? We have access because of Jesus. All right? So we approach the Father. Um, um, St. John 16 and 23, it tells us that we can appeal to the Father. Somebody unmute and read. I'll wait on you. St. John 16 and 23. And in that day, ye shall ask me nothing. Is that right? That's right. Rarely, rarely, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Now, did y'all understand what Jesus just said there? Look at what Jesus says. In that day, ye shall ask me nothing. In other words, you're not going to ask me nothing. <laughs> okay? But then he says, very, very, I said to you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name. Don't miss that. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, Wait, who's going to give it to you? He, okay, will give it you. So in other words, what Jesus, it just goes back to what I just said. Jesus says, you're going you're gonna to appeal to the Father, but if you, you got to appeal to the Father, but you got to come through me in my name. <laughs> That's it like some of y'all, some of y'all, watch this. That's just like if I'm real busy, real busy, real good. That's just, I'm just real busy. You can't get in touch with me. That's just say you just you, you can't get in touch with me. Then you know that if you call Michael, which is my son, then you know Michael have a way of getting in touch with me. Michael may have a way of getting in touch with me that you don't have a way to get in touch with me. Y'all come, y'all mind. Come on. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to break it down because he's my son. He have access to me. And because he has access to me, when you can't find me, then maybe you can get access to me through Michael. All right. That's the same thing that Jesus is saying here to us. Whatsoever you asked in my name, it's going to be done. You appeal to the father. Okay. And, 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 and I'm, oh my goodness. 
uh, oh, 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 I don't want to go too far because I, I got another scripture for you to. I, I want to show you that the name Christ. Let me go here. The name Christ refers to Jesus as the uh, as the anointed high priest. So in this ministry, he addresses the Father on our behalf. Okay, he does it in two ways, two ways, all right? Number one, he talks to the Father on our behalf. That's in Hebrews 7 and 25, okay? It says, wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Now watch this, that word intercession, in other words, intervention, negotiation. He negotiates for us. <laughs> I like that one. He negotiates for us, okay? He, 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 he sits on the right hand of the Father, okay? We pray in his name. He negotiates for us, Okay? So, so he talks to the Father on our behalf. Now, here's what I need y'all to understand. Jesus wants to give us the desires of our heart. Because here's what happens. When we ask in his name, when we ask the Father in his name, and the Father gives it to us, Jesus said in one passage of scripture, paraphrasing, that when I'm able to bless you, it glorifies my Father, which is in heaven. I'm going to say it again. He says, when I bless you, when I heal you, <laughs> when I open up a door for you, okay, it glorifies my Father in heaven. So he wants the Father to be glorified. What? Oh, my goodness. Oh. And so, so he's looking to blessed, to deliver, to set free, to open up doors, to heal. Because whenever that happens, it glorifies the Father in heaven. So he talks to the Father on our behalf, and then he pleads our case before the throne of God. Ah, I don't know about you, but I'm glad I got, I got a negotiator. I got to enter crime. It's almost like crime intervention. Y'all ain't going to talk that kid to me. <laughs> crime intervention. He, 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 he pleads our case because, because how I many y'all know we, 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 we're not good enough to plead our own case because sin separate us from God. Sin causes God to hide his face. Y'all walk with me. I'm almost finished here tonight. Sin causes God to hide his face from us. And so now if his face is hidden from us, we need somebody to go before the Father in our behalf. My God, and that's what Jesus does. That's what Christmas is all about. He pleads our case before the throne of God. Hebrews, uh, not Hebrews, First, First John 2 and 1. Somebody unmute and give that to me. First John 2 and 1. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, 
we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. There it is right there. See there? He said, my little children, huh? these things right that you say not. But if you do, we have an advocate. Now, that word advocate is the same as mediator. Okay, same as a mediator, same as intercessor, same as negotiator. <laughs> All right. We have an advocate with the father. Now, here's a problem I don't want you to miss. It says Jesus Christ, the righteous. We're not righteous enough. <laughs> We're not holy enough to go before the presence of the almighty God. Oh, but thank God for Christmas. <laughs> His son, Jesus is. And so therefore, he goes before the throne of God and he pleads our case. I don't know about you, but he's the best attorney I ever have known. <laughs> There's been some good attorneys some of y'all like to stay up late at night and watch those kind of shows. And I'm getting, I'm getting good at it, Brother Chris. I could just about guess what's going to happen next and who shot that person. I, I can almost call it at the beginning of the movie. But I'm not Jesus. Because <laughs> every now and then I miss. I miss it. But Jesus is the righteous one. And he goes there. He pleads our case. Take whatever it is that you need to take to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. You know, it's amazing. We take a lot of stuff to everybody sometime but the Lord. Take it to the Lord. Uh, take it to him. Why? Because he, 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 he's the high anointed priest. He's the righteous one. And he sits on the right hand of the father. And then guess what? He pleads our case. And so... Let's move on to the next one. He says, back to St. Luke 2 and 11, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, number one, a savior, number two, which is Christ. And then he says, the Lord. And so when you look at, when you look at the Lord, okay, the title of authority. That's the title of authority. All right. When, when, when the angel called Jesus Lord, he was referring to one who was to be in absolute control. Absolute control. Can I let y'all know something? In the midst of everything that's going on around us now, the pandemic, the loss of lives, the should I get the vaccine or shouldn't I, or should I get it or shouldn't I get it? Can I let y'all know a secret? It's a secret now. Don't tell nobody. God has not lost control. He is still in control. He's in control of everything that's going on. God is still in control. And once we learn that and really get that in our spirit, 
No, we don't understand why certain things happen. We just do not understand. You know why? Because our little minds can't comprehend the mind of God. All right. But God is still in absolute control. All right. B says this title of our Lord is a reminder to every Christian that Jesus Christ is to be the absolute authority in our lives. We are to allow him the headship in every area of our beings. He's got to have absolute control, absolute authority over our life. How many of you all know, you don't have to admit it, but we sure know how to make a mess out of our lives. You don't have to admit it. You don't have to say amen. I said it. We know how to make a mess, a disaster out of our lives. Unintentionally, sometimes intentionally, we know how to make a disaster out of our lives. That's why it's very important. We have to. It's, 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 uh, you can't make it if we don't allow God to have absolute control over our lives. Write down Romans, the 12th chapter. I, I mentioned it earlier, Romans, the 12th chapter, verses 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren and sisters, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, let me tell you something. When we present ourselves to God wholly, all right, and our bodies as a living sacrifice, we don't get no brownie points. I just need y'all to understand that. Don't, don't, you know what the scripture says, come boldly to the throne of God, you know, to the throne of grace. Don't go there boldly with your head sticking up and, and your chest sticking out because you've been saved for, uh, for two hours and thinking that because you've been saved for three hours, God owes you something. No. All right. Listen, living holy, sacrificing for him, all right? That's our reasonable service. I don't get brownie points for, I don't get brownie points for paying the mortgage here. That, 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 I don't get no brownie points for that, okay? I don't get no brownie points for keeping the lights on. But Michael, you don't get brownie points for buying groceries. That's your reasonable service. When you stood at that altar and said, I do, you were saying, I do, I do buy groceries. I do pay gas electric bills. <laughs> That's what you were saying. Hmm? I do make car payments. <laughs> Are y'all following me? That's your reasonable search. You don't get no brownie points. You, you, can't, you can't say, oh, I've been paying the gas electric bill for five years. So what? That's your reasonable service. Okay, you wouldn't have to pay that gas bill if you didn't say I do. Okay, but when you say I do, you do pay gas electric bills, and so being saved, living holy, don't give you no brownie points. It's your reasonable service. And then he said in verse two, and be not conformed to this world, but be what transformed 
by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When we do that, watch this. When we, when we do according to Romans 12, then we allow God to have absolute control, all right, over our lives. And so God, God demands. Did you guys not know that it's not, it's not optional? It's not optional. It's not if I feel like it being, that's what I'll do. Okay. God demand for total obedience. Okay. That's not too much for him to ask. It's not too much for him to ask. Okay. Because he knows, watch this. He knows that true love is always shown by obedience to him. How many of y'all know it's one thing to say, I love you? Come on. Anybody can say, I love you. I tell you guys all the time, some of y'all in love with some strange stuff. I love my car. Ooh, I love this ring. So y'all fall in love with some of the strangest stuff. Ooh, I love my, ooh, I love that picture hanging on my wall. You done fell in love with a picture. Some of y'all say, well, pass it ain't like that. Yes, it is. You say you love it. You no, know, you don't love it. You like it. Okay. Watch the point. True love is always shown by obedience to him. Okay. And don't need no man telling his wife, I love you. And she's in the dark. Y'all ain't going to talk back here to me. No, no, I'm sorry. I don't want nobody to get mad tonight. You know what? Yeah. Come on. I love you, but she run out of gas every every Thursday. <laughs> but I love you. No, love it. Love is a love. Love is an action word. Okay, love is an action word, and so he knows that true love is always shown by obedience. In other words, it really don't matter what comes out of your mouth. If what comes out, if if our actions are different than what's coming out of our mouths. Anybody can say it. It's easy to say it. It don't take nothing to say it. It don't take no energy. It don't take much effort to say it. Okay? But it's through the obedience. That's how he knows. Okay? That's how he knows that we truly love him. And so it's Christmas time. It's Christmas time, y'all. We're going to blink and Christmas is going to be here. Okay? And as such, we need to remember that the reason... We are even here tonight is because of a little infant born into this world over 2,000 years ago. Okay? And and, and in in my conclusion for tonight, in in my conclusion, we need to understand that that infant was no ordinary baby. We know Jesus was not no ordinary baby. He just wasn't an ordinary baby. Okay? As Savior, he is worthy of our worship. As Christ, he is worthy of our dependence. As Lord, he is worthy of our obedience. And as Jesus, he is worthy of all 
we can give to him. I'm going to leave that up so y'all can write that down and memorize that. He's worthy to be worshipped. We ought to be worshiping him. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He's worthy of our our dependence. You 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 y'all. Who else can you depend on except for him? I wouldn't trust in nobody else. Okay, some 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 folk trust in their jobs. I wouldn't trust in no job. You could be fired tomorrow. People getting fired for no reason at all. <laughs> Cutbacks. Huh? Hundreds of thousands and thousands of people have lost their jobs. Come on. The fact that you're working, you ought to say, God, I thank you that I'm still working. Okay? I'm depending on you, but thank you, God, I still have my job. Worthy of our obedience. Okay? Worthy of all that we can give to him. And so the question is going to be tonight, have you given Jesus your all this Christmas? I don't mean your money. I'm not talking about your money. I'm talking about your all. All that I am. All that I ever hope to be. I'm yours, Lord. (laughs) I'm yours. And this is what Christmas is all about. Christmas is about a Savior being born. He came to die. To die for our sins. And I don't know about you. I celebrate Christmas. It's not the tree. It's not the light. It's not the bears that are waving in the windows. It's not Frosty the Snowman. And it's not Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's not even about the Grinch that stole Christmas. The Grinch can't steal Christmas. Don't let no Grinch steal your Christmas. They can't steal it if you saved. If you saved, can't nobody steal your Christmas. Because Jesus is the reason for the season. Well, I'm done tonight. Anybody have any questions in regards to Mark, uh, Luke, 